0: Go Go, the podcast for the inquisitive diver
1: hey there dive buddies and welcome to the show i'm super jealous of my next guest as she's based in the ridiculously spectacular location that is ningaloo reef a dive pro and dive shop owner kirsten shepherd also has a pretty epic dad too we'll chat about his awesomeness later for now shep welcome to the show lady how are you doing
0: thanks so much very well thanks thanks for having me it's a pleasure to be here
1: Good, good uh and speaking of here you're not here because it's it's freezing on this side of the world or this side of australia it's starting to, we're starting to go into winter now and i'm getting really chilly how are you doing over that side
0: uh still sweating uh still 40 degrees today um but looking forward to unlike you looking forward to it cooling down a little bit soon yeah <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> oh, well.
1: um we've got so much we can talk about in this one we do so much but uh, let's start with you. Where, where did the, uh, I'm, I'm guessing I might know where the uh, watery kind of scuba diving nudge came from, but uh, where did it start? You
0: could, you could probably take a guess. So <laughs>
1: um,
0: I, I'm originally from the UK um, and both of my parents are marine biologists or coral reef ecologists. So I grew up um, spending a lot of time overseas. Um, snorkeling and then when I was old enough learning to dive um, I was lucky enough to be able to do that in the Bahamas not in the icy waters of the UK <laughs> very fortunate there Um, so yeah so I, I started off years ago um, diving and snorkeling all around the world and it just became a passion um, for a long time it was just a hobby and I actually um I have a master's in forensic psychology, actually, so used to work um, as a forensic psychologist in the UK, um, but realized after a while it wasn't quite for me and I wanted to go down the, the diving route. And so um, several years later and a lot of um, hard work, um, I'm here in Western Australia with uh, a dive company that I run with my partner.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a location I've not been to yet, and I emphasize yet. Um, but I'm super, super, super excited that I'm at least in the same country as where it is.
0: <laughs> Hopefully we'll get you over soon.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, um, we, we, we do have to mention that little island in Thailand, Koh Tao. Yes, of course. And you did your pro training there?
0: I did my pro training there, yes. I was already a rescue diver with a few hundred dives under my belt um, over the years. But when I got to Koh Tao in Thailand... Uh, You know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a real appeal of this little island. It's got some great diving. It's got some, you know, great community and and nightlife as well. Um, So what was meant to be just staying for a few months ended up staying into nearly two years uh, on the island. And, and yeah, that's where I did my instructor training as well. Um, Met some great people and we have a lot of mutual friends.
1: It appears so, doesn't it? (laughs) I mean, we've, we've not actually met yet, but, you know, just looking on social media and it's all the same people. Got to have a shout out hey. to the Rocktow boys. Hi right, Westy.
0: Yes. Yeah. Hey, Westy. <laughs>
1: um, so
0: from yeah. there, I guess I, I realized that it, the diving industry was something I wanted to pursue and stay into. And um, I knew if I didn't leave Kotel, sooner rather than later, I'd never leave, as a lot of people have been caught in that. Um, so came over to Western Australia uh, while I could still get a, a working holiday visa and um, work, actually started out working on a shark boat. Um, but really wanted to pursue diving. So I met my partner and we decided to start that up together. Happy day. And that was six years ago, well, eight years I've been in Australia, but six years ago we started up diving in glue. So oh I'm going for a little while now.
1: Yeah, because we, we only just missed each other on Kotao because you left in the same year that I arrived and I was at yes. the dive shop just down the road from where you are or where you were. Um, yeah, I think
0: we were had a two-month overlap. Or yeah, it was like a bit there. of a just, bit of an overlap yeah. there, yeah. Yep. Never
1: mind. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing. I mean, I, I went there for – well, I went to Southeast Asia to start a trip, a diving trip for six months on my own, just legging it around, doing some diving. And I got to Koh and never left. And it was four and a half years later when I did actually leave and go to Papua New Guinea. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: Papua is a beautiful place as well. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So – um yeah, so we are gone from Kotao over to Ningaloo um, and you started, what what year was it you started on Dive Ningaloo? What, I, what um, year did you open?
0: It was 2014 that we registered and started up. Mm. Um, there's a lot of paperwork involved in getting a, a dive school up and running. So, you know, getting licenses and accreditation took a while. Yeah. Um, so that took nearly a year really to get everything up and running and... The boat we bought was a a -a um, (laughs) do-a-rupper in in that, you know, it it was a good price, but it needed a lot of work doing to it. So um, a lot of the year was actually spent uh, refitting the boat, um, refurbishing everything and and getting it sort of ready for diving and and capable for diving. Mm. Um, So I remember actually um, the day before our first charter, we were just laying the carpet, (laughs) getting the final touches in. So um <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a process getting to where we are now.
1: Yeah. Uh <clears throat> excuse me. I bet it was quite unnerving as well, eh? Opening up for your first time and getting your first customers on board.
0: Absolutely. Yes. And obviously you you wanted to give everyone the best day possible. And so yeah, it is very nerve-wracking knowing that you're doing everything right. We know the diving here is great, so that sells itself. But you know, just making sure that we had everything in place beforehand, the right mm. equipment and, and everything. So, um, yeah, very nerve-wracking. But I feel I don't know fell into the swing of it pretty pretty easily.
1: Yeah. Well, come on then, paint, paint a picture for me because Ningaloo Reef is off Broome, correct?
0: No. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: See, I told I told you I wasn't going <laughs> You've to look done at your it. research. I wasn't going to look at it because I just want to get it firsthand from you. Paint, paint me a picture of where it is. It is what the not town off Broom.
0: Unfortunately, they get crocodiles up in Broom, so that, that would not be quite such a fun experience. The Ningla Reef is off Exmouth, which is in the northwest of um Australia. Um, it's a little peninsula that sticks out. Um, halfway between Perth and Broome, actually. Mm-hmm. Um uh, the reef itself is 260 kilometres long, so it's a decent size reef. Wow. And it's a fringing reef, which means it's very close to land, unlike the Bower Reef, which takes a bit of travel to get to. Um, you know, the closest part of the reef where it, where it comes in is really just a few hundred metres offshore. Yeah. Um, so we're very lucky in that, you know, it's, it makes it easy for day trips and accessibility.
1: Mm. And so Exmouth, the, the town itself, is it what kind of size is it?
0: Um, population fluctuates a lot with, um, our high season and low season, um, as little as sort of two and a half thousand people. Really? So it's a small town.
1: Yeah, <laughs> So <laughs> everybody knows up- everyone then.
0: <laughs> everyone knows everyone. <laughs> it has its advantages and disadvantages, as you can imagine. Um, but it can, during the height of tourist season, it can get to about, um, six, seven thousand, uh, with, with workers and seasonal workers and things like that. Um, and then even. Even more since COVID and and no international travel allowed, we're um, finding that we've had a bit of a, a boost uh, even from those numbers. So, yeah, yes, so the little town.
1: I was going to ask because COVID must have been quite good for WA and people visiting because um, WA kind of yeah. got locked down and just closed all the borders. And you've got a it did. You got a load of people yes. there that can't go anywhere else. <laughs>
0: I think it pissed off a lot of people in other states because <laughs> as soon as you tell someone that you can't do something, they only want to do it. Exactly, so you yeah. can't come to WA, everyone wanted to come. Um, obviously, we we all got the lockdown, um, which was a nerve-wracking time for a couple of months when um, everything shut down or, or you can only operate with two other people, which means you can't really run tours you know yeah. it doesn't work like that um but once things did open back up we were all very surprised because it seemed like the whole of Perth came to X mouth Really? All, all in one month <laughs> um so it was a nice little boost after quite a um nerve-wracking time yeah um obviously it's had its other disadvantages in that um you know, it's p- people from WA, which is great, but um, it's hard when people from over east have booked and then border closures have happened, and so there's been a lot of cancellations, or mm. um, obviously missing our international market as well. But um, really, we're very lucky where we are um, on the grand scheme of things. We are probably one of the luckiest um, sort of parts of the world to be in for tourism. Yeah. So yeah, yeah,
1: I'm 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 more than happy that I'm here in Australia and not in the UK right now. That's for sure
0: absolutely yes well all my family are in the uk so it's um obviously hearing what's happening to them so it's yeah makes you feel even luckier
1: for sure. yeah definitely um so going on about the town a bit more and seeing as i've got a goat beer in my hand um what's it what's what's the nightlife like there i mean is it is it large enough to have a selection of bars or is it everyone it is. go to bed at nine o'clock at night ready for diving the next day
0: no you can definitely find a party in Exna for sure okay um there's there's a number of bars there's probably about uh, five bars but um there's two uh, microbreweries as well um, uh, that do some great beer and great pizzas and things like that so um, and they always have live music or comedy nights or. Um, bands that have been traveling around Australia to, to come and visit. So, um, I think we even had the world record breaker whipcracker in one time. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you get a good variety of, of uh, performances there, but also good nightlife. Yeah, yeah there's you, definitely did, a party around.
1: Did you hire him straight away? You know, crack the whip on the yeah. <laughs> on the staff. <laughs> Great entertainment on the boat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Longest whip crack or fastest whip crack or something impressive. He was he was very good.
1: <laughs> okay fair enough <laughs> um the, se- the seasons over there
0: we do operate all year round ourselves um but it is definitely a seasonal town uh, we don't have a wet season um it's desert it's dry always um we do have a cyclone season luckily we're on the edge of it so we're it's very unusual for us to see a cyclone but Are it you- does mean we occasionally get some rain dumped on us yeah could
1: you were when you get into a cyclone when we first started to chat about coming on the podcast
0: I believe so. Yes. It's
1: like, it Hiya, you want to come on it? Us. Yeah, I'll speak to you in a few days after the cyclone hit. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> it was coming straight for us, and we got everything packed away, took the roof and the clears off the boat, which is a pain in the ass to get back on. <laughs> and and then last minute, it skirted around us. Um, so it was kind of all for nothing, bit of an anticlimax actually. But um, yeah. but obviously very lucky that there was no no high winds and and damage to the town. Um, so yeah, that's when we get rain. But otherwise. summers are hot, summers are mid-40s to to high-40s most days Um, and winters do cool down, but it's still still shorts and T-shirts in the day, but it does get quite cold at night. Um, And it's the winter months that we get the big marine life, the megafauna that comes through. So Welsh shark season, which is what the Ningaloo Reef, I guess, is most famous for, even though that's snorkelling, not diving, um, is starting uh, now, starts around mid-March. Uh, And depending on the whale sharks, usually follows through to August, September time. Okay. Um, We do get some mantas all year round, but you'll see big numbers sort of from May onwards, uh, May to sort of the end of the year, October, November. And then, of course, we get a humpback whale migration as well, um, and we get a huge amount of humpbacks come through. And that's usually we start to see them around June, but usually July and they're, they're big numbers again through to sort of November, October, November. Yeah. So that's when we get the big stuff. But of course, we get we get turtles all year round. Um, during the summer months is when they're nesting and hatching. So all through um, sort of November to March, they're either nesting on the beach or I've been a few times in the last few weeks and seen the eruption of babies hatching, which is just incredible every time you see it. So it's even amazing. if you come outside of the, the peak season, there's a lot of amazing real life to see.
1: You mentioned that the, the whale sharks is snorkeling only. Um, what's what's the background to that? Is that just to protect the animals or just not to have too many lunatics scuba Um, diving all over the place?
0: (laughs) Probably a bit of both. (laughs) Um, it's, I mean, logistically, it would be very hard to dive. Um, they're usually on the surface and swimming quite quickly. So, you know, you're swimming along next to them. If you had scuba gear on, that would be pretty difficult. Also, most of the people get on the tours, you know, are generally snorkelers, not divers. So it makes it a lot more accessible to everyone. Um, but I guess you'd sometimes the whale sharks do dive. Um, you're out way off the reef, possibly in hundred meters of water. If they start to dive, you'd get people following them down, and mm. that could be a disaster. So um, snorkeling's just logistically much easier. In and out the water, you hop in and out several times, chasing after the shark, yeah. <laughs> and um, and and it's on the surface. So
1: yeah, and are, the, are they good. are they migratory adults or are they juveniles like you see? In-
0: They're mainly juveniles. We do get some bigger ones, but majority of the ones you see are, are juveniles, around that sort of five-metre mark. And majority are males. Um, again, you do get females as well, but um, a lot of research going into where they go outside mm. of the whale shark season and, and why just the the type that we get, why the juveniles, where are all the, the breeding females. So they're doing a lot of tagging and things to try and figure out where they are.
1: Well, you guys you are tagging of or there's a – is there a team down no the there's for them? there
0: is um organizations that that do tagging, mm-hmm. yes, um, but the spotters that work on the well shark boats can also um remove the tags if they do see whale sharks with them and collect them as well
1: okay yeah Sounds cool Project. Yeah. so um does does Mom and dad get involved in that at all
0: uh not in the whale sharks um so I did work on whale shark boats when I first got here yeah. um but as I said, miss the diving, and they're they're mainly coral reef uh, ecologists rather than megafauna, um so they they love the reef, and that's mm. what they're really interested in. um Give them a piece of a coral over a Welsh shark any day for sure really?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's
0: some great coral here too.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure
0: I just um realized I hadn't put you on um do not disturb so.
1: I just oh. Sorry. You'd, be buying, you'd be buying you'd be buying a case of goat if that went off, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Glad I caught it in time. <laughs> Surely that stuff's only any cheap.
1: <laughs> it is actually it's classy, classy like, beer. Well, it's so cheap. It's like twenty bucks for six cans. Which when I got into Australia three years ago, I'm like, twenty bucks for six beers, that's outrageous. You know? Yeah. You could get in...
0: twenty changs for that.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's so pricey <laughs> over here. But it's even more expensive over there, isn't it? On the west side, it
0: is. It is. There is. Um, we joke that there's a bit of an exchange rate uh, at the WA border because <laughs> WA is a bit more expensive. <laughs> I think it's all relative with oil and gas and things. Um, some people are earning some big wages over here. So, um, but yes, it does make things sometimes a bit a bit more challenging.
1: Yeah. Well, I suppose logistically as well, because if you're that far away from Perth, because you've got to fly from Perth, I not you need to get up to Broome and then come down to you guys. Is that right?
0: Uh, you can fly directly from Perth to Exmouth. Okay. Um, it's under-two-hour flight, now I'm 45, mm. um, Qantas fly. Um, and during the peak season, there's two flights a day, so it's okay. pretty easy. Um, if you drive, it's uh, 1260 kilometres, so what? it's going to take you a good, good <laughs> full day to get there. People usually stop off on the way, like stop off at Cal Barry or Shark Bay on the way and, and split it over two to three days. But I have done that trip in one day many many times really? too many times and it's it's it's, it's an easy drive because it's long straight roads but of nothing of just of bush so it See, yeah
1: now that's where a tesla would come in handy stick it it's in drive <laughs> and just go and you can have a little siesta en route and not have to worry about <laughs> it
0: sleep watch a movie yeah <laughs> i think that's what no, I go I the that. i'm gonna moment.
1: when i do come over i'm gonna fly I'm not doing yeah hundred it's miles.
0: much easier yeah <laughs> It's a good road trip, though. I mean, there's lots to see off the WA coastline on the way up. So yeah. um, got to do it at least once, depending on your timings.
1: Well, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I wouldn't say got to, just right now. I've just got to get there. Okay. So. <laughs> uh. heavy, but, yes.
0: <laughs> but yeah, flying's easy. And the airport's 25 minutes out of town. So it's, yeah,
1: yeah Cool easy. beans. Now, mm-hmm. um, we did briefly touch on the point. You, you've got some exciting stuff going on with Dive Ningaloo. Um, like a, a a little boat coming in.
0: A little boat, yes, yeah. we
1: do. <laughs> or not so little boat, I should say.
0: The biggest of all our boats, but um, yeah, uh, twenty-four meters, so decent-sized boat, yeah. catamaran. Um, yes, yeah, so our new project, we are launching a liverboard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, ooh, something <laughs> we've been talking about for a while, um, and then just the right boat came along. Um, the timing wasn't right with COVID. We bought the boat. Two months later, we went into lockdown and we're going, what have we done? <laughs> um, but, um, no, it's an exciting project. Again, a do-a-rupper. Um, we, we seemed to be a big fan of it at the time, and then when we're actually doing it, we're like, why do, Why did we choose this again? Um, but, you know, obviously it's financially, you know, buying a boat that's ready to do up, not only is it financially the better option, but you can also then pick how you want it to be done. Exactly. Um, you can design it. You've got a blank slate. To start yeah.
1: With. You can um, put your own stamp on it, can't you?
0: Exactly. So that's what I'm telling myself right now, um, that we're in the process of doing it up. <laughs> this is the preferred option, honestly. Um, so, yeah, so we bought her, um, yeah, back in January. And then, um, obviously, just, she sat in, in over east for a while as we couldn't get her. Um, and then we had a great fun trip. Um, middle of last year, bringing her from Cairns round to where she bought her in Harvey Bay, um, bringing her round to Exmouth. And we got to stop and see the beautiful Kimberley on the way around and made a great trip of it. Um, and, yeah, so we're, we're still getting the equipment ready and, and everything on her. But um, if all goes to plan, um, then she will be ready to run our first charters at the end of this year. We're launching in December.
1: Amazing. And um, how many other liverboards are in the area?
0: um there's another liveaboard in coral bay Uh um it is a smaller one it's a sailing boat and they do diving and snorkeling so we're hoping to just um we're we're doing dedicated dive boat only um seven night trips um four or five dives a day so some nights there will be a, a night dive included as well um so to really get a good diving fix throughout the week um Otherwise, there's, there's no others in this area. You know, there's a lot of liverboards up in the Kimberley, but there's no diving up there with the crocs and the ripping currents. So they're all sightseeing ones. So
1: yeah.
0: um, there's definitely a gap in the market. So yeah,
1: sure, because the, Ki- the Kimberleys, you can only dive it like, is it six weeks out of the year or something like that? I know there's a uh, couple of dive boats that do go out there, but a very small window.
0: They typically, as far as I'm aware, there's no diving. Because um, they still get you know, their 10 meter tides um, and whirlpools, which we witnessed when we were bringing the boat round. If you've ever been in a whirlpool, it's exhilarating, <laughs> uh, to say the least. <laughs> um, the Rowley Shoals has got diving as well. That's
1: the one off Broom. That's the one
0: off Broom, not yeah. Ningaloo.
1: See, yeah. uh, the geography still <laughs> off. It's the Rowley Shoals I was thinking of. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Mm. So you're effectively going to be the only dedicated scuba diving liverboard in town.
0: Yes, correct. Yeah. Awesome. And it's going to be um, nine double cabins. Um, they're being built okay. <laughs> and all en suite. The big belt, your hopes. Exactly. Uh, all en suite. Um, so nice high end luxury, you know, doing it doing it well. Nice luxury, uh, high end love board. Yeah. Uh, hot tub on the back deck, uh, cocktail bar. Uh, very civilized. Everything you want when you book a diving holiday.
1: Nice. Towers, and all night lot.
0: trucks on board. And. Um, Yeah, so we're still figuring out uh, a lot of the details. Um, So I'm releasing some more details soon in the next couple of months
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, once we finalize pricing and itinerary and things like that. But uh, in the next couple of months, people will be able to start booking.
1: Awesome. Well, in that case, looking at this calendar that I've got in front of me here, so I want to see whale sharks because the missus has seen whale sharks over your side, but just snorkeling, never on scuba. possible see one if we're going to do liverboards you never know you never know mm-hmm. um whales i love seeing the whales yeah. even just the noise i uh, just think instantly of finding dory it's great hunters <laughs> dolphins okay i july july like is a, a good month to get get them
0: all to get yeah? the big three
1: for sure okay. yes
0: and the humpback whales i most dives we hear their song underwater and it's just magical um really is and when they're close you can you can actually feel their song vibrating in your chest it's mm-hmm. that loud um yeah it's a very special moment when you first realize that it's your humpback whale song underwater. it's amazing
1: very cool. amazing i've only I've experienced the- them in south africa where it was really shit viz but i got my i had my camera on record ready it ago just in case they pass by and i left it running and all you can see is shit viz but you can hear the noise, and it's just so relaxing. It's it's an amazing sensation. I Is that wanna... like
0: your sleep sounds that you fall asleep to.
1: Oh, it, it's ingrained in my brain. I tell you, I don't even need to turn it on on the um, on the phone. <laughs> it's in the brain. Um,
0: well, I have been on dives and. Um, I had a fright when I look up and there's a humpback whale swimming past me. Um, <laughs> I, thought, I, kn- I knew you were close by and then <laughs> all of a sudden they pop up. So, um, And they're massive, you know, that's really quite something to see underwater. But um, it does sometimes happen. They're curious and they just see your bubbles and swim past you and check you out and then swim off. So.
1: Yeah. There's been some amazing mm-hmm. photos taken over there with the humpbacks, isn't there?
0: Yes, there has. Did- oh, yes.
1: Um, well, I know. Who was it that had one? Was it, was it Davey Palfrey that got some awesome shots? Or was, he, was that Tonga? I can't remember.
0: Well, Tonga's a hot spot as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Got some wonderful... Do you know Davey Palfrey?
1: Do. Davey Palfrey. I, I don't. You don't? No. Oh, he's another Kotai guy. He's now in Bahamas where you started to dive.
0: Oh, okay. He's doing Great.
1: the Bimini shark thing. I mean, tangent man here, going away. Um, Who's the other guy? Alex.
0: Alex Kidd?
1: That's the one. Yeah, he's got some amazing photos out there, hasn't he? he? Sensational. And there's, um, I've seen quite a few photos in the past where it it looks relatively shallow and over sand. Um, And there was, was it tiger shark I saw? Or maybe some leopard leopard shark.
0: Tigers, yeah.
1: Really, I've only ever seen one tiger shark, and that was in Galapagos Galapagos a couple of years ago. And I was almost crying in my mask. I was that happy. But at the same it's time, it's the, it's the first time I had kind of got an arse twitch. <laughs> <laughs> <First time. laughs> Wasn't expected to see it.
0: <laughs> All right. Bull sharks will do that to me. But uh no, we get we get quite a lot of tiger sharks. Um I mean there's a lot of turtles here. They're well fed here. Oh, they're yeah. not not anything to worry about. Um, but yeah, we, we see them on dives and yeah, they're beautiful, very curious, very placid. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I'll be up um, let's even get let, the odd hammerhead here too.
1: Really? Hmm. Mm. great okay.
0: hammerheads and scalloped yeah. happy days so that's the beauty of the ningaloo you never know what will turn up yeah yeah it's still getting surprised after eight years of diving here I'm, I'm still seeing new stuff uh whether it's little nudie branches i've not seen before or whether it's uh yeah hammerhead swimming past me on a dive it's yeah still stay special
1: I, lo- I love seeing macro I, well i love all of it but um we do a lot of macro diving around here and um, the Mrs. Jazz, she's not that interested in macro. But I caught her, was it a couple of months ago? We were on a dive just off Cornell. And I just happened to look over to see what she was up to. And she had a GoPro filming a nudibranch. And I've not let her forget it. And I'm never going to let her forget it. <laughs> the GoPro
0: on the nudibranch. Brilliant. I, I wonder how many manta rays and sharks I've missed just swimming over the top of my head while I'm staring at this little nudibranch. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> we had her, um, I was working with her. Uh, a DM um, years ago. In fact, it, oh, bloody hell, it was Kotao. and um, we were off the the deep side, if you can call it deep side of twins. And um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm a little bit further out from him, and he's he's literally got his face in the wall looking for Nudie Branks. He's one of those that he just loves the macro, and he, all of a sudden, you know, this shadow comes over, and there's a whale shark. So I'm dinking the tank, ding 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 dink. and I'm looking down trying to get uh, Stephen. Trying to get his attention, and he he almost he, he whips around looking, and, and he scowl through his mask, and then straight back to his mask. What are you hunting. disturbing me
0: for? Yeah, <laughs> like, completely oblivious. <dee-dee-dee-dee>.
1: Dee-dee. <laughs> look up here, you bloody idiot! <laughs> oh yeah, look at this. I saw the nudie Welsh
0: at twins, great. <laughs> <laughs> My very first Welsh Shack I saw was at Green Rock in Kotel.
1: See, that was quite a hot spot, actually, Green Rock.
0: Yeah. Okay. Ripping yeah. current. Powered pow through my ears. I'm chasing past this after this thing. It was it was great.
1: Going back to the liverboard. Let's do, let's do, a scuba goat trip next July.
0: Okay. Let's do it. Sounds good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've got lots of people right. that would be keen on that. There's a couple that will be listening to this podcast that have just been on at me for the last couple of months. When when do we go? What should we do? When's the best They're time going, to go? Finally. Who do we go with? <laughs> so. um yeah, Salvo, Sasha, Bring your we'll group sell over. Out. Yeah.
0: Uh, we can take 18 of you. Happy days. Nine nine double cabins, or they can be twins as well. So um, let me know. 18 scuba goats. Yeah. Coming my way. Sounds good.
1: It'll <laughs> be a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> awesome. And I'll try and lock in the big three for you then. I'll yeah, yeah, see please. what I can do.
1: Yeah, just text okay. them. Make sure that they turn up.
0: Just arrange a arrange meet time. No worries. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, it should be, it'd be really exciting though, isn't it? Because you're going to have so much freedom. Rather than going to the, the particular dive locations that you do from shore, you've got that freedom to roam.
0: I'm so excited about that. Yeah. Obviously, after all these years of diving, I, you know, I still love the dive sites and there's some incredible dives, but I'm excited to explore new territory. It's mm. being day trips, you obviously, there's so far you can get uh, and do dives and come back in a day. Yeah. Uh, with seven nights, we can we can go pretty far and explore, explore parts where there's going to be, you know, no one's going to have dived for years
1: hmm yeah I, I when i was working up in papua new guinea that was one of the the kickers of the job was that if there was no guests around or they just decided that they wanted to have a sister instead we could just go out and take a dive boat out and the reefs were just uh, countless so you know just find a reef jump in see what's there
0: and see if and it's any
1: good it's mm. absolutely King fantastic it on your
0: GPS. yeah great to explore new spots yeah so hopefully we'll find some some great uh topography and some some great walls and bommies and things that we can add to our list. So yeah, yeah the first uh we're gonna be doing a lot of exploring ourselves, but the first few trips are also going to be that. So it's, you know, I think every trip will say to the guests, all right, this is a new spot. Let us know if it's good. It looks good on the on the sounder. Um, let me know what's down there. So I think that's gonna be quite exciting for guests as well to go, okay. Well, no one's ever dived here before. Let's yeah let's check it out and, yeah. and it's the Ningaloo you can't really have a bad dive so <laughs> oh, it
1: sounds so good. Yeah.
0: so good where were you in Papua New Guinea out of interest
1: I was at um Tufi Resort it's on the northern or northeastern uh coastline of the the main island um so you go you go into Port Moresby and it's like a 50 minute flight going northeast okay. um okay. but Tufi itself sits it sits on top of the um Almost rock faces of the iras or the fjords, as people call them, which is incorrect because it's not in Sweden or anything like that. It's, yeah. it's an ira. Um, but it was very interesting there as well. And um, if you, in fact, your mum and dad, if ever they get the opportunity, send them to Tufi. If they're coral heads, they will absolutely bloody love it because it's got almost like three stages of um, perfection to deterioration by man. So right in close to land, it's all been overfished by the local villages and all the rubbish has gone in over the years. So you don't have mass amounts of big species and the coral tends to have a lot of algae on it and it's almost dead, you know. But then you go the inner reefs, which are about 4K offshore, and there's nowhere near as much algae but a few more fish and a few more big stuff. But then you go to the outer reefs, which are 20K, and it sounds like a hell of a journey, but, you know, if you're not there okay. in wintertime, then it's it's glass flat anyway. Um, you get out there, and you'd be forgiven for thinking that you're jumping into virgin water that someone's never seen before. It's beautiful. Nice. <laughs> and the, the corals, uh, your dad just probably would want a main mainline to the boat and just stay there forever. It's a fantastic <laughs> location.
0: Well, you're right in the Coral Triangle there. So 18 months ago, um, my partner went to Papua New Guinea. We went to – back when we could travel, yeah. pre-COVID. Um, we went to Kavieng, Oh, yeah. And we went to Rabao, uh, where he was uh, born, actually. Was he? And so, yeah. So um, did a couple of, few dives around there. And, and, yeah, the coral's stunning.
1: Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. There's quite a bit of – in fact, Kavieng. Did you do dolphins and stuff like that? Is Kokopo up that way?
0: Um, we Kokopo. Um,
1: I think it might be. Perhaps
0: sounds familiar. There's quite a few. to me in a moment. Quite
1: a few small islands off the coastline and Lots some shallow wrecks islands. and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, a lot of Japanese
1: um, planes and wrecks. Yeah. Mm, mm. Well, Tufi, two, two um If you imagine. Um, Coastline between uh, Tuwali, which is the furthest to the east uh, along the the main coastline of Tuvi uh, of Papua New Guinea, and then Tufi, Between the two is the famous Blackjack dive, the um, World War Two wreck at forty eight meters, and that's nice. that's that's a dive and a half. It's beautiful. Good one. Yeah, okay. yeah, but I've not Off done I've not done KVN yet though.
0: Oh, beautiful place. Yeah. yeah, highly recommended. Yeah, really nice. Oh. After after the Ningaloo.
1: Yes, yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. We'll do a scuba scuba goat trip to the Ningaloo, and then we'll do a scuba goat trip to Tufi, Tuwali and KVN. There you go.
0: Done. I'll join <laughs> you on that one. <laughs>
1: Excellent. Um, now, what I did what, what I did want to ask is, or just ask, or just actually just give a bloody good shout out to all you guys over on. The west coast because it was not too long ago that the um sub c7 proposals were withdrawn they?
0: correct yes
1: i'll let you um, uh, backfill that one i'll <laughs> oh, just have another scoop so, of goat uh
0: sub c7 was a um uh, oil and gas project basically to um build a, a bundle pipeline uh, on shore um, and then launch it via a small sort of railway pipeline um, into the water where it was then floated out to various um, gas platforms uh, off the coast. Um, where they were looking at doing it was in the Ningaloo Gulf, uh, Exmouth Gulf, and um, – it's a real nursery, the Exmouth Gulf, um, and there's a lot of research not done on it. You know, we're still finding out that there's actually some endangered species of sawfish in the Exmouth Gulf. It's a breeding ground for dugongs and humpback whales. So, of course, there was a lot of concern um, what this would do to the to local environment. So, um, there was a big push from Protecting Mingaloo um, and the Cape Conservation Group to, um, to really get it out to... Um, to the public knowledge and to actually get the, um, EPA, the environmental protection, um, done on it basically they decided they need more information and then sub c7 did pull out but um i did do my fair share of banner waving and, <laughs> and things like that, like that at the time just to yeah just to raise a, awareness of of the area because exmouth gulf is is a spectacular place and actually we do we do dives in the gulf as well mm. um, a lot of soft corals we get sponge gardens and things like that and some incredible marine life the visibility is lower um, but you can see very clearly the diversity and, and the amount of um, marine life and especially juvenile uh fish and, and mammals as well in there so it's it's yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously it's a very uh sensitive subject in that um, two sides of it in terms of jobs and and development of Exmouth. but um it, for me it was definitely a win for the the environment
1: yeah definitely well I mean, it is, there's there is two sides to it, but you know sodom. Um, sorry, <laughs> people hate me for that. I don't care. Um, if we get rid of everything in the oceans, then there's nothing left of this planet anyway. So, you know.
0: And, and I feel that's a bit of the peel of Exmouth. You know, there is a lot of small, quaint, lovely towns in, in Western Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the Northwest, it is dominated largely by mining and oil and gas towns. So, um, you know, we're one of the... The last few towns in the northwest that that isn't has that as one of the major industries. Tourism is a major industry, so mm. uh, it's, it's nice to, you know I think it's nice to keep it that way as well. It's,
1: right, um, yeah, keep it that way forever. Yeah, yeah they, they can they can go and do their oil and gas stuff elsewhere.
0: <laughs> well, so they've moved on, so I'm I'm sure they found somewhere else where they'll where they'll do it where there's already the setup as well. Perhaps, yeah. so yeah, That yeah. So definitely was definitely was a win for. But for tourism and also, of course, all the marine marine creatures here. Yeah, yeah. Happy dugongs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not like they could get out of the way too quick, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hey, what I didn't ask was, um, or, or quite a few questions actually that I got from a lot of people was about accommodation over in Ningaloo. Uh, it's all is it all hotels and guest houses and that kind of thing.
0: Huge variety. Um, you've got luxury resorts, um, you've got hotel, motel style um, options, you've got campsites in town where you can get um, either a chalet or, or obviously camp if you've got a tent or a, or a camper van. And then down in the National Park, so the Cape Range National Park is just a 30 minute drive from Exmouth over to the west side of the Cape. Um, and there's some amazing bush camping. Uh, in the Cape Range as well, and just snorkeling right off the beach there. So, um, yeah, a big range for those of you that want the the bush camping, or those of you who want the resort with the pool and cocktails, so and everything in between. Happy days. So lots of lots of options, and of course, heaps of holiday homes at, at the moment as well. So, yeah,
1: <laughs> at the moment,
0: <laughs> at the moment, yeah, that's another story for another day.
1: <laughs> so, where, where's it all? Where's it all heading, Shep? What's um, what's the long term goals for diving and
0: the Dive Ningaloo.
1: Mm. Oh. Put well, you on the spot now. I, I
0: was, yeah. Okay. Well, we're very happy doing our day tours, uh, which our boat goes out every day and dives Murin Islands, Ningaloo Reef, uh, Lighthouse Bay. Um, we also have the exclusive license for diving on the Navy Pier, uh, which you may have heard about the Navy Pier.
1: I forgot to ask constantly about that. Yeah.
0: Voted, yeah, constantly voted on the top 10 dives. It is incredible because of its diversity. That's what it's mm. very famous for. It is a lower visibility dive. Um, you know, if you've got eight metres, it's a good day. Um, average is about five. But the the sheer amount of fish life under there just just trumps any visibility. Um,
1: well, I was watching a little – I did a bit of Facebook stalking earlier today, okay. and I had a look at one of the videos from a few months ago, and it was, yep. I don't know, a journalist of some sort that was going for a dive there. And they had a, you've got a grouper there. Um,
0: we do yeah Queensland Groper
1: it's it's a little bit big 150 kilos
0: correct unbelievable
1: I'm 120 Um, kilos it must be a monster
0: two and a half meters long 2.3 meters long and yeah yeah, he's huge and he can be boisterous as well he's um he's got personality he um you know when when you're diving along you got that feeling you're being watched or whatever and you look over your shoulder and and he's there, one yes. foot from you, just staring at you.
1: <laughs> he's
0: particularly active on a night dive as well. I've actually been pushed out the way. I've been looking at a fish with my torch and he's pushed me out the way to come in and eat that fish that I'm Jeez. shining my torch on, which I feel a bit bad about
1: <laughs> <afterwards>. <laughs> Um,
0: Which, yeah, makes it a great experience. But he's great. Some days he's... Um, little more antisocial and just you can see him up uh, at the top cruising around the pylons but some days he will actually get up close and personal yeah uh, we call him BFG big friendly grouper
1: <laughs> friendly
0: yeah very friendly <laughs> but yeah huge that. amount of marine life i mean huge schools of trevally and barracuda and then you've just got oh, so many different species of nudibranch there as well so from the big to the small it we really it covers it all um, and we can do day dives and night dives there as well. And during the winter months, when the water gets cooler, down to twenty degrees, that I was telling you about. So uh, I have to get so jealous about us having twenty-eight at the moment, it does get cooler here sometimes. Um, we get our grey nurse shucks coming through as well, so um, a decent population of those under the pier. So um, and regular sightings of those. So most trips. Yeah.
1: And you've got uh, yeah, ex- an exclusive. Diving there, we do.
0: Yes, that's, we do. That's a very yeah, good,
1: very Yeah,
0: yes, it is. Yep,
1: and certainly a so, good way um, to control the amount of divers in the water as well. and
0: absolutely. And you also, I mean, it's a sanctuary, um, so people, you know, driving past some boats have to pass um, quite some distance away. So it is protected. Mm. Um, it's actually an active military base as well. Mm. Um, so we're limited on the number of people we can take because obviously it uh, has to go through defence land and s- through secure areas. Yeah. Um, But, you know, being a sanctuary zone, you really tell. You know, there's huge blue bones down there and and coral trout and often the divers are looking around and looking at me and rubbing their bellies
1: and (laughs) yeah, you
0: can't take in. You can't
1: have these ones.
0: (laughs) But we can actually only dive on the slack water, so you can get some some big currents around there. Um, So at slack water it's beautiful conditions to jump in, but um, that also kind of adds to the limit of when you can dive daily as well. So it's a different time every day.
1: Yeah, yeah. So of, of all of the locations that you've dived in the area of Ningaloo, which is your favourite?
0: Good question. That's a hard one. Okay. Um, look, the, Na- the Navy Pier is great for the diversity. It really is. Um, y- you know, people are filling out their logbooks and they, they run out of space in the notes section. Um, there's, there's just so much. Um, the, Mur- the soft coral at the Murren Islands, um, is, is stunning and maybe there's an influence from my parents, but, you know, they come up from a dive and they said, wow, that soft coral is just incredible and, and some of the largest um, soft corals they've seen before anywhere in the world. So, you know, that that really is special and very different from the rest of the Ningaloo, um, which is a lot more hard coral and surge channels and things like that. Um, but then but then on the west side in Lighthouse Bay, you know, you get the sharks. I haven't answered that question at all, have I?
1: No. All of them. <laughs> all of them <laughs> everyone every day it's
0: all good and of course you know if you dive it enough you know you, you you see a bit of everything and some days are obviously clearer than others so um, yeah all, all of them what a rubbish <laughs> answer
1: <laughs> yeah yeah very precise well done
0: <laughs> very politically correct maybe <laughs> well
1: we've got to we've got to we've got to put a little bit of balance on it as well because a, a, a little bit of focus on what you've just said um, your dad saying that it's some of the biggest corals and all that kind of thing that he's seen. Yeah. Uh, for those people who don't know of Shep's dad, Shep's dad is also known as Professor Charles Shepard, OBE. And he, um, he was fundamental in creating, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was fundamental in creating the largest marine reserve
0: yes, in the Chargers no Archipelago. Yeah, no Tate Marine Park uh, in the world at the time, I think I believe still now. Mm. Um, so yeah, in the Shagos archipelago, my parents are uh, um, have been there for decades, um, spanning sort of four decades of work um there. Wow. Um they still go every year. Obviously, they haven't been last yeah. year with uh with COVID. Um but yeah, it's been a lot of hard work into this area and um and that the OP OBE was um, recognition for, for that work as well. Um, but yeah, they're, they're coral nerds. They love it, <laughs> <laughs> and um, they've obviously seen huge changes over time as well. Yeah. Um, not necessarily for the best. Oh, um, but uh, the, you know the Shagos Archipelago, you you can't get to privately. You know, can't mm. fly there. It's a the US, uh, it's British Indian Ocean Territory, but there's a US. Um, Airbase on Diego Garcia, the largest island. And although you can sail there from maybe Seychelles, it's, it's a long way away. It's in the middle mm. of the Indian Ocean. So yeah. um, you it, can't get there. So it really, you know, at the start of their career, diving there was pristine.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately- and for any, anyone that doesn't know the Chagos Archipelago, it's C H A G O S. Just Google it and look on the maps to see where it is. It is literally in the middle of bloody nowhere.
0: It, yeah, it really <laughs> is. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah hard to get to which has obviously helped keep it uh pristine but um you know being no take they still have a lot of fish boats coming over so it is patrolled um, oh good to ensure that it is yeah mm. Yep. unfortunately not such a great story for the coral reefs there and uh, due to to warming um, really. sea temperature level rises um so it's i think a bit uh, i think it's still great but um having seen it over four decades it's probably not such um Good shape as it as it used to be, uh, yeah. which is quite sad for the people going over there now to see how it's changed over the years. Mm. Um, but yeah, very very important work, and yeah, very proud of both of them.
1: So you should be. I'm sure they're proud, very proud of you <laughs> too. um Speaking of um, global temperatures and water temperatures, all that kind of thing, uh, uh, do you see any kind of uh, fluctuations, any kind of bleaching going on over at Ningaloo? Uh, there was a, there was uh, a, the, I only asked because there was a few a few months in two thousand seventeen, and there was quite a bit of bleaching that occurred in Papua New Guinea and I'm just wondering whether the um, the the temperatures and water yes. flow followed through and down to that side of Australia.
0: Yes, we have seen some we are definitely more fortunate than a lot of other reefs um in that we have. Um, two different currents that come through, and one is a, a cool water current. Mm. Uh, in the eight years I've been here, I've seen two bleaching events. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been significant but not catastrophic, and they have recovered um, fairly quickly afterwards. Mm. Um, but we have lewin current, um, which brings um, warm water down and a lot of tropical species. Um, so that's where we get, you know, more of the tropical fish coming down, brought in from lewin current and tropical uh, corals. Um, So, even though we're more temperate climates, um, we have that advantage. And then we've got the Ningaloo current, which brings cool water uh, from the south up, which generally, um, even though we have some incredibly baking hot summers, it generally stabilizes the water temperatures off the reef. So, although the Gulf can get considerably warmer, the west side of the peninsula, where a lot of the the Ningaloo is, Mm. um, generally stays a lot cooler. So, we're very fortunate. There actually has been predictions that the Ningaloo is going to be one of the few last surviving coral reefs as they wow. start to um, degrade around the world. Um, mm. We're sitting in a in a good spot in in terms of uh, longevity. longevity. Obviously, obviously, the, the issue is still the same uh, anywhere around the world.
1: You know? Yeah, yeah. So a bit of a depressing
0: t- subject because it, it is you know seriously happening and it is already
1: yeah yeah it's um yeah a completely other topic we won't go down that rabbit hole no (laughs) we'll end up crying into our beers
0: well then i definitely won't need to get
1: beer yeah um so what's uh um what's the general day-to-day living for you like over there then is it just all a hundred percent focus on the, the 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 dive shop or do you get time to yourself
0: it's about finding balance, and I have struggled with that over the year uh, years. Um, when I started out, we were obviously a very small company, um, so I was pretty much... When the first two years of operating, I was on the boat every day, answering phone calls on the flybridge of the (laughs) boat, taking bookings for the next day. Um, As we expanded, um, I got someone to answer the calls during the day. And then it got to the point that, okay, office manager required. um, And that obviously just made everything a lot easier. Um, But, you know, as your business progresses and gets bigger um when we got the navy peer license our, our little dive school also went boom and, and became a lot bigger and um you know more people word got out about us and um and yeah we and we got busier so i do very much try to keep the balance um at the end of the day you don't become a diver a dive professional or open a dive school um to become rich <laughs> no as, as you know, as a dive instructor <laughs> yourself, you do it for the lifestyle, so it's always about managing that lifestyle. So I do make sure that I get out diving uh, at least a couple of times a week um, on tours, um, and and try and minimise the amount of paperwork to be done. But again, in any business, there's always always paperwork to do. So yeah, yeah finding the balance and still keeping diving.
1: Now I do I, I do have to ask as well because obviously I've looked on your website and. Y- Within your little team, you have a dude that looks like he could be my best friend straight away. Um, Who's skip, that? Skipper and chef Joe Reynolds—he's he's <laughs> cook, cooking up a storm on the boat.
0: <laughs> Kicking up a storm. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I need to update my website. Joe, Joe doesn't work on.
1: Oh come See, I on! I haven't got the
0: time to update That's the it. website. That's it. I'm not <laughs> coming now. Job I need to do. There's no, there's he's no, there's down. no
1: snags on the barbie. <laughs> I'm not coming.
0: <laughs> we do still do the barbecue. Yeah, Joe, Joe was actually a chef as well and a skipper, so it was perfect. He was always on barbecue duty. <laughs> but no, we do a barbecue on the boat every day. Um- Aussies love a barbecue, so I mean, barbecue and diving, what a great combination. Right. But also the international tourists, it would just be a bit of a novelty as well. You know, you've got your German backpackers, they're like, a barbecue on a boat? Who would have thought of this? <laughs> yeah. Best thing ever.
1: Better than a soggy so, butty with some sad lettuce, isn't it? Absolutely,
0: yeah. <laughs> Hot dog and slaw, definitely, yeah. anyway.
1: <laughs> well, it's um, one of the things I'm trying – I was actually at the gym earlier today. I got older of the manager, and it's a huge gym. Um, and I've asked her to find – one of their members of staff that is possibly a diver but more importantly a nutritionist because I want to delve into the calorific burn rate that we have when we go diving because I posted about it yeah. a few times and people are very surprised to hear how many calories you burn just in 30 minutes of being submerged
0: absolutely is, isn't it the equivalent to like a, an hour dive is equivalent to an hour workout or something like that
1: yeah it's it, I heard that. it most most yeah most um Most analysis or reports are saying between 680 and 720 calories for an hour submerged, which is crazy. And of course, that's why I have two
0: breakfasts on days I'm diving. It makes sense.
1: (laughs) That's why I saw Joe and fell in love with him straight away because of the snags.
0: <laughs> I think I assume it's all the off-gassing as well that, that burns all the calories too because you're not moving a lot underwater. No. So it's definitely far easier than doing an hour workout, so <laughs>
1: yeah. Pick well, that it, over it the makes, gym any day. It makes sense as well because I don't know about you but when I was working hammer and tong in the industry every day teaching every day for a number of years, you know, I'm sitting here at 120 kilos. I was 93 kilos back then. The weight just fell off. You know, yes, just no time eat, to eat a lot, and-
0: work hard. Oh, yeah, I was the fittest I've ever been when I was working in four dives a day. Mm. And then, of course, so on our dive boat um, here in the Ningaloo, we have a compressor and banks on board. So there's mm. no carting of cylinders. But you uh, may remember very well, you may still have nightmares about it, pulling back uh, up at the at the jetty yeah. uh, in Koh and there being sort of five other boats between you and the jetty and you having to carry 50 tanks over those five I, I did that a few yeah. times, yeah,
1: but then mm-hmm. when I was working at Big Blue and we could get
0: oh, to home the via the beach,
1: it was great. But then when the compressors broke and the, all the tanks had to come back to land and then get refilled, and you're looking at 120 to 150 tanks getting shipped yeah. uh, just one way, it's crazy. Mm. Yeah.
0: We were muscly then, carrying meat all those heads. tanks. <laughs> yeah, even,
1: even the women were meatheads. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Right. Um, let's, let's, let's round it out. Shall we Shep? Um, I'm sure. sure you've got to get back to work and, uh, Rod and I need to have another beer.
0: It's five uh, o'clock now. I'm, it's definitely time for me to have a beer too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good on you. Good on you. Um, so just, uh, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes anyway, but, um, do you want to give a, get, a quick shout out on your, your social media and your websites and all that kind of stuff, how people can get hold of you?
0: Sounds good, yeah. So, on Instagram, we're Dive Ningaloo, and on Facebook, we're Dive Ningaloo. <laughs> Keeping it nice and easy. Easy. <laughs> Straightforward, yeah. Let, let me
1: guess at the website, Dive Ningaloo.
0: DiveNingaloo.com.au. Yep. Boom. Yep. Easy as that. Um, Ningaloo, spelt N-I-N-G-A-L-O-O.
1: Yeah. you often get that question. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, so um, yeah. Like
0: us, think- follow us, and um, I will obviously share this podcast once um, – once once it's up on online. You, you as well. share
1: it far and wide. You can even put I'll tell you what, I'll give you the embed thing so you can place it on your website. Now Joe's gone, you could probably put it there. Okay, done.
0: That is what used to be. <laughs> Scuba goat instead. Done. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and um no, in all seriousness, let's get a let's do a liverboard next July.
0: That would be great. Love to have you.
1: Do we get Sounds do we good. get special prices?
0: Sure.
1: We'll talk about that later, shall we?
0: <laughs> I answered that too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Happy I haven't even had a beer yet.
1: <laughs> well, I'm going to have a beer to celebrate that one. Shep, <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, speak to your dad. I'd love him to come on the show. Okay. And if he says no, I'm still going to praise him anyway.
0: Okay. No, I'm sure he'd be happy to.
1: <laughs> Thanks again, Shep. And I'll speak to you soon.
0: Sounds good. Thanks Thanks, again. everybody. Cheers. bye Bye-bye. This is Scuba Go under the The podcast for the inquisitive diver.